This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we are talking about the leadership legacy of Elijah Cummings. He was an American politician and a civil rights advocate, and we just lost him not too long ago on the 17th of October of 2019. He was in the House of Representatives in Maryland for about 23 years, from 1983 to 1996, before he actually became a congressman representing the 7th Congressional District, which is in Baltimore. At the time that he took that post, he was replacing Kwase Mfume, who went on to lead at the NAACP. So Elijah Cummings, in terms of his background, he was an attorney. He graduated from the high school that's called the Baltimore City College. He then went on to Howard University And then he went on to the University of Maryland School of Law. While he was in the Congress, he was chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And this was one of the committees that was also leading the impeachment inquiry of President Donald Trump. So what I want to talk about today is just a little bit about him and the leadership legacy that he left for us and what can we learn from him along the way. He has a long history of advocating for the poor, for those who are addicted, for those who are in the inner cities of our nation. And Baltimore is close to my own heart because that's where I grew up. I wasn't in Baltimore, haven't lived there during the time of his service. I've been gone for more than almost 50 years myself, but I do still have a heart for Baltimore and have lots of relatives and friends there still. What we know about Elijah Cummings is that he was the son of South Carolina sharecroppers, and they moved to Baltimore in 1945. His father, Robert, really believed in education, and he really emphasized that with his son. And he further told Elijah that nothing is impossible. His mother was a person who established a loving home, And both of his parents really carried the torch for a religious upbringing and really trusting in God, and his mother especially so. Back in his early and formative years, Elijah Cummings, as he was growing up in the Baltimore school system, one of his counselors told him that he was too slow, that he was a poor speaker, and that he would never become a lawyer. Wow, imagine getting a message like that. Nevertheless, he continued to pursue, you know, his his dreams, although that was very much a setback for him to hear that message. Yet at 11 years old, he was already functioning as a civil rights advocate because he was one of several children who integrated a local swimming pool. What they ended up doing is that they went to that pool every day and attempted to get in the pool every day for about a week. 
They were heckled. They were called names. They were spit on. Things were thrown at them. And even in Elijah's case, he was actually cut by a glass bottle that was thrown at him. Nevertheless, he persisted and they integrated the pool. Later in his time in politics, he actually pushed for a ban that was against alcohol and tobacco ads in the inner city communities, understanding that those messages were probably not going to be for the benefit of the residents. He pushed for that, and that was considered quite unusual at the time. He was also a person who would go out and be amongst the people. So when the Freddie Gray incident occurred and there was the death of Freddie Gray and many people were in an uproar in the city of Baltimore and there were marches and all kinds of things going on, he actually went out and he spoke through a bullhorn and he calmed the people down and he encouraged them at the time when the curfew was set in to actually disband and to honor the curfew and to go home at that time. As a lawmaker, he was known as a person who was focused on the facts. He was going to get to the bottom of issues and what was really true, what really needed to be addressed. And he was always looking for innovative solutions, being very concerned about the problem of the spread of AIDS through sharing needles in the inner city. He was really promoting a needle exchange program as an example. Another area where he was working was to really investigate and review the impact and the consequences of using outdated voting machines and how that some of those actually could disenfranchise voters. So he was always involved in figuring out what was really important and what needed to be addressed. One of his projects was called the Elijah Cummings Youth Program, ECYP Fellowship in Israel. And this was an interesting project that he started. It was a nonprofit organization and has been going on for about 20 years. And it's a collaboration between African-American leaders and Jewish leaders in Baltimore, one of which was the Baltimore Jewish Council. What this organization does is it prepares the 7th District high school students to become future leaders. It's an elite two-year fellowship program, and those who get selected, they spend the first year actually learning about cross-cultural issues and gaining knowledge and skill in leadership. And then they end up in their second year spending about a month or so in Israel where they are meeting with Jewish students, both of African descent and also of European descent. And it's an opportunity for them to learn collectively from one another. So prior to going there, they spend all of this time in after-school programs, preparing them on life management, global awareness, social political action, leadership. They go to Israel for the month and they're paired there with students And when they come back from Israel, then they are able to speak to their own communities about diversity at a higher level, and they are responsible for mentoring middle school students. So they're passing that knowledge on. So I see here 
that through this program, which now has about 200 alumni, that Elijah Cummings was building leaders by building bridges. That's what the organization stands for. He really was a strong believer that education is what saves children from poverty, crime, drugs, and hopelessness. And he further believed that we help safeguard the nation's prosperity for the generations that are yet unborn. So that's quite a legacy in terms of uh, leaving that kind of of information uh, behind and for us to see as a model. So in all of the work that Elijah Cummings did, he was very passionate about the things that he was advocating for and fighting for. And yet at the same time, he was civil in how he chose to speak. He was always a gentleman in how he chose to speak. And that's something that we can take a lesson from as we go forward. So I want to just unpack maybe seven things that we could really learn from Elijah Cummings. Number one is to build on your strong, positive foundation from the past. Now, in his case, that strong, positive foundation came from his parents. He was very close to his parents and particularly his father, and he derived a lot of inspiration from both of his parents. That was a strong and positive foundation in his life. And number two, don't let the negative naysayers define you. Even though he got that negative message from the school counselor, about him never being able to be a strong orator or being able to be a lawyer, he went on to prove that person wrong. He became a lawyer. He became one of the strongest orators in the Congress. He was not too slow to learn. So number two, don't let the negative naysayers define you. Number three, prepare for your future. Knowing that that's how he was even perceived by that counselor at school, he was even more determined to move forward and to get the education that was necessary to fulfill the calling and the dream that was on his life. And then number four, I would say start living your purpose or your calling early. So I have this one incident about what happened with him integrating the pool at 11 years old, but who knows what else he did. But he didn't wait until he was an adult. He started living his purpose even in childhood. And then number five, make situations better for others, not just yourself. Be other-centered. He was always other-centered, thinking about those in the inner cities who were facing all kinds of challenges and difficulties. And even the foundation he started, the program with Israel, the fellowship program, is another example about thinking about others and paying it forward to develop the next generations. And the number six, I would say, would be crossing cross boundaries and build bridges to distant neighbors to increase brotherhood all over the world. And that's what the Israel program was really all about. And then I would say also, build on a foundation of faith and trust in God. Elijah Cummings was known for his spiritual faith, his belief in God, and in living out Christian principles. Then lastly, I would say, go out with the same passion as you lived every day of your life. 
And Elijah Cummings certainly did that. He persevered to the end. And in fact, it was said that even on his sickbed at Johns Hopkins Hospital, and even the day that he died, he was busy working on legislation and signing things that needed to be signed. In other words, his calling was so powerful, he did it to the last living moment and last breath that he took. In closing today, I really want to share with you some words that his wife said, and then lastly, some words that he said. So his wife's name is Maya Rocky Moore Cummins, and she's actually the head of the Maryland Democratic Party. She said about him, he worked until his last breath because he believed our democracy was the highest and best expression of our collective humanity and that our nation's diversity was our promise and not our problem. And then in his own words, from a speech he gave earlier, Elijah Cummings said, when we are dancing with the angels, the question we will be asked, what did we do to make sure that we kept democracy intact? So I say to you today, take a look at your life. What are you called to do? What purpose are you serving? How are you paying it forward and developing and preparing future leaders? What are you doing to make a difference? What will be said about you at the end? How you lived your life and also how you spent those last moments and how you continue to live through the work that you did and the people who come after you, who you invested in something to think about. So go forth and do great things. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.